आई वी एम हे आर यू नॉर्मल वॉट्स अ नॉर्मल बॉडी एंड वॉट्स अ नॉर्मल मदर एंड वॉट्स दैट गॉट टू डू विथ वर्क एंड द कॉन्स्टिट्यूशन वेलकम टू द शो द लॉन्गेस्ट कॉन्स्टिट्यूशन एंड वी आर टॉकिंग अबाउट वर्क एंड डिसबिलिटी मेरिट एंड कॉम्पिटेंस माई नेम इज प्रिया मिर्जा एंड आई टीच आई टीच इट्स ट्रू एंड डोंट बी सरप्राइज इफ आई गिव यू सम होमवर्क टू डू इट्स लेजिट In today's show we are fresh off Republic Day and keeping our eyes closed on what work do our MPs do that's something to think about and i can't imagine a job where the working days in the last couple of years have averaged as low as 64 days in a year whoa in 2020 it was 33 days a historic low making our government more unaccountable than ever Hmm, but let's focus on lesser mortals who struggle to get to work and get paid for it and let's reconnect to disability and we looked at the maternity benefits act 1961 and the pwd act 1995 but laws are not enough and we saw how it took the efforts of javed abidi of the disabled rights group which was india's first platform for cross disability advocacy in 1993 to petition argue fight for access to airports planes trains buses stuff related to everyday life in today's show we are looking at women's bodies and how child birthing and rearing often become disabilities in addition to other disabilities and so much depends on the vision of the state quite literally and that the pwd act recognizes just seven disabilities our first story today is about a bus driver muthu who during a course of regular health checkup discovered that he was color blind but being color blind was not on the list of the PWD act although low vision and blindness are so muthu petitioned the court that following the PWD act he should be given an alternative job with the same pay scale and very rightly he argued that the spirit of the law is that disability must not in fact become a penalty at the workplace And before we look at what the court said, let's look at mums, ma, mother, mama, whatever, who, apart from choosing the right refined oil to fry puris in, keep a check on mosquitoes biting her beloved children and smile through the day. Also, need to and want to work, not the unpaid one like folding clothes. ironing uniforms and making parathas but paid work you know a salary now this is recognized by the maternity benefits act 1961 which recognizes that mothering means time off work but that cannot be a punishment and mums need financial support especially during this time so refreshingly the act states that a woman cannot be employed for 6 weeks following her delivery or miscarriage which means the act recognizes a child includes a stillborn child and that maternity benefits include not only leave from work but also the payment of actual wages for those 6 weeks 6 weeks to attend to a newborn baby but the question is are these benefits per delivery or per child and what about a mother who doesn't deliver a child 
says she adopts a child or commissions a surrogate. Is she any less of a mother? Children come in many forms and so do mothers. So our second story today is about Priyadarshini, a government teacher who had twins in her first pregnancy. But when she applied for maternity leave for her second pregnancy, she was denied on the ground that she already had two surviving children. So she too filed a petition saying, what the hey, Mata Hara. Sorry, that's maternity harassment. It's a term which means workplace discrimination against pregnant or childbearing women, including dismissal, contract non-renewal, demotion and wage cuts. Now, the spirit of the law is to assist mothers, support mothers and certainly not let having children come in the way of having a job. In T. Priyadarshini versus Department of School Education, Government of Tamil Nadu, 2016, the court ruled that a woman is entitled to maternity leave per delivery and not per child, since the intention behind providing maternity leave is to provide protection to mothers, dude. But not before observing. All love begins and ends with motherhood, by which a woman plays the role of God. Glorious it is as the gift of nature being both sacrosanct and sacrificial. Such is the glory of motherhood. Okay, okay, calm down. Where are the glorious fathers is the question. But anyway, this was good news for Priyadarshini. But the bad news is that this is for some women and not all women. Mostly, this applies to the organized sector. A fraction of the total workforce and informal work from Bollywood to contractual labor doesn't in fact follow the law on account of its contractual nature. And we did see this in the last episode, remember? How the gig economy is in fact paving the way for fewer employer obligations. Not fair and not cool. Especially not when motherhood is celebrated and glorified. Now, many of these questions were cleared up by the amendment in 2017 to the Maternity Benefits Act. So the amendment doubled maternity leave from 12 to 26 weeks. It encourages companies to allow women to work from home. Yay! And it made it mandatory for companies with more than 50 employees to offer a crash on the premises. Crash, which crash? Don't see too many around. But equally and crucially, the amendment recognized commissioning mothers and adoptive mothers, expanding the accepted definition of motherhood, which is a good thing because, let's see, Yashoda and Krishna are celebrated as the ideal mother and child even though Yashoda was Krishna's adoptive mom. So post-2017, mothers like Yashoda can get maternity leave for their Krishna Kanhayas or Radhas. Whatever the case may be, yes. Okay, now let's check to what happened to Muthu. In G. Muthu versus Tamil Nadu State Transport 2006, the court expanded the meaning of disability and recognized color blindness as a disability. That's being accommodative to the way one is. Which makes one think about the naturalness of being a mother. A woman's reproductive rights are natural and cannot be used as a way to deny her work. So forget about the glass ceiling. There's something called the maternal wall, the motherhood penalty. Not my illustrious words, but the world banks. In a report on female employment, the World Bank talks about how India has the lowest figures as far as women in the workforce or concern. Mother India wale desh mein aur kya hoga? 
which also makes one think of the womb as a disability. Is it a liability? In a culture where motherhood is almost compulsory and it's hard to imagine a woman who doesn't want children, shocking. So as we wrap up today's show, the takeaway is the vision of the state. That's what matters. Our last story today is set in 2012, when V. Surendra Mohan, a visually impaired lawyer, applied for the role of a civil judge. But Mohan's application was rejected on the ground that he was 70% blind, while the application capped the extent of disability at 50%. And when Mohan appealed to the courts and finally the Supreme Court, the court rejected his claim. The court said, a judicial officer in a state has to possess reasonable limit of the faculties of hearing, sight and speech in order to hear cases and write judgments. Hmm. What does it take to judge? It takes vision for sure, but not necessarily sight. So Justice Zakaria Mohamed Yaqub of South Africa, Justice Richard Bernstein of the USA, and Judge Brahmanand Sharma, the first visually impaired civil judge of Rajasthan, are perfect examples of judges who are visually impaired, but are fine judges. So much for ability, competence, and vision. In the next episode, we will look at the new law on disability rights and whether the constitution assures one of reproductive rights and sexual autonomy like the right to have an abortion and the right to take the pill, the pill, the morning after pill, whatever. See you around. Until next time, this is me, Priya Mirza, signing out.